What is up, everybody? Welcome to Rock Video Rental. I am Brandon. With me, as always, is Caleb. And this week, we are going to be talking about one of my favorite movies, and that is RoboCop. But before we get to all that, uh, Caleb, have you been watching anything interesting? Uh, yeah, so I fit my one movie in quota for this week. I uh, randomly was going through movies and stumbled across uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music, so I decided to watch that one. Rock. Uh, pretty good. I Okay, what, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey, right? Yeah. Okay, I don't think I've seen Bogus Journey. Because some of the things that they refer to in this one, um, and then especially like some more of the things that they did with the time travel, mm-hmm. uh, I did not connect the dots with. So actually, yeah, like the, how they met up with death and everything. Yeah. And that so, honestly, like, I like time travel movies, but Bill and Ted movies have to be some of the worst explanation of time travel. <laughs> like I know that they're not supposed to be in depth. <laughs> yeah. But it it gets me every time I watch a Bill and Ted movie where I'm just like, man, that would just not work. Anyways. Yeah. I, I watched that movie too. Not too long after it came out. I, I would say that the movies go one, two, three in that order. <laughs> like in, you know, the newest one wasn't bad. But not as good as the other two. Yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, it was good. I enjoyed it. I mean, it was an entertaining movie. You're not gonna get uh, anything amazing out of the experience, uh, right? But it um, it was interesting to see. I thought the uh, two girls who played their daughters did a good job. <laughs> so. Yeah, I they were kind of annoying though. I would say that. Yeah, I I, I could. I could agree with that, that there was a certain level of an annoying with it, but, um, but yeah, so I watched that, been just kind of plugging away at, with family guy. That's always on in the background when I'm uh, doing stuff on my computer at night. And then, um, uh, my wife and I have been watching, rewatching psych as, uh, that's been going. So I think we're still in season one, maybe season two. Um, I know we've talked about it before, but since people drop in and out of uh, listening to the podcast all the time, uh, Psych, older show, not too old, but definitely recommend it if you like uh, detective movies it is, or shows. It is a comedy take on it where a guy pretends that he's psychic to work with the police department, and it's really good. Yeah, that's a that's a good show. I always yeah. enjoyed that one. I'm trying to figure out when it's 2006 to 2014. There you go. So, yeah, that's uh, that's why I've been watching lately. Though, uh, what about yourself? Uh, I watched a fair amount of stuff. Uh, I watched Fate of the Furious, which is Fast and the Furious Eight. Then I watched Fast and the Furious Nine, the newest one. Um, and then Jungle Cruise, the new movie with The Rock in it, uh, which we did a bonus episode on. Um, I also watched this miniseries that was on Shudder called uh, Cursed Films, where they go like in depth about these movies that like the productions are considered cursed, like The Exorcist and uh, Poltergeist and The Crow. Uh, there was five episodes, I think. Hmm. Four or five. Uh, there were The Exorcist, um, The Omen, Poltergeist, The Crow, and Twilight Zone, the movie. Okay. Uh, Twilight Zone, the movie, was kind of known for having like people die on the set. You know, I guess the same as the crow, but it was like a huge helicopter accident during a stunt that caused an actor and like some kids to die. Oh, jeez. Yeah, but it was pretty good miniseries. There's some stuff in the 
exorcist neoman ones that were just kind of dumb like these people that study black magic talking about stuff i'm like you guys are just idiots i don't care (laughs) it's like let's talk about the movie and not like your crazy beliefs uh and then i was watching a show that i remembered a lot from like the early 2000s and late 90s it was called unhappily ever after and it was like a ripoff of meredith children nice but it was on the wb network when that was the thing before it became the cw uh and i remember it being funny and i you know i went back and watched some of it it's it's still got some things that'll make you chuckle but yeah that was just kind of something i had on in the background catch every once in a while but yeah that's my long list of stuff real quick before jumping forward um (gasps) did you ever see the psych movies no okay yeah they made psych the movie in 2017 and i knew that psych 2 came out in 2020 but I saw, I'm looking at it right now, and they're making a Psych 3. Oh, my gosh. And he can just not. I wonder if, um, I, I often wonder kind of like how actors feel about their um, roles. Yeah. You know? And I wonder if um, James Rodriguez, who plays the main guy, Sean Spence, like if he embraces this role or wants to get into more serious acting. Yeah. Cause he's been doing it for a long time and he doesn't really do anything else. Yeah. He did a He had a couple stints. Um, doing some more drama stuff like the show, a million little things. Uh, so I'm kind okay, of like, yeah. okay, did you do that to do it? Or did you do that because you really want to go into more serious stuff? But anyways. You know. Yeah, I can tell you my favorite episode of Psych is the, um, oh man, what was it called? Like, was it called Thursday the 12th or something like that? We're supposed to be like Friday the 13th. Oh. And they go back to that uh, summer camp that they used to go to as kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, I remember that. Yeah, and they talk about, the thing that always cracked me up is uh, Sean talks about his pinata of Rick Astley. <laughs> <laughs> they got thrown in the lake and, and Gus is just like, Rick Astley, I thought it was Eric Stoltz. <laughs> uh, yeah, just the chemistry between those two guys is always so good in that show. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's dive right into RoboCop. We get the best of both worlds. The fastest reflexes modern technology has to offer onboard computer-assisted memory and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programming. It is my great pleasure to present to you RoboCop. Good. He's not a guy, he's a machine. Old Detroit has a cancer. Cancer is crime. Let the woman go, you are under arrest. You, you better back up, pal! Your move, creep. What are your prime directives? You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to an attorney. What is this shit? Anything you say may be used against you. He's a cyborg, you idiot. You recorded every word you said. You're dead. We killed you. His memory's admissible as evidence. You're gonna have to kill it. For God's sake! Robocop, the future of law enforcement. So, Robocop, it was made in 1987. It was directed by Paul Verhoeven. Uh, The plot for it is, in a dystopic and crime-ridden Detroit, a terminally wounded cop returns to the force as a powerful cyborg haunted by submerged memories. That might be the most succinct and straightforward 
plot that encapsulates the entire movie <laughs> that we have ever had. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Yeah. And it's funny uh, how they say it's specifically just about Detroit and it's not the world is in a bad state. It's just that Detroit is gone to crap. And it's not far from the truth. <laughs> I mean, Detroit's <laughs> coming back a little bit, but yeah. Uh, the cast for this one, we got Peter Weller as uh, Murphy slash Robocop, Nancy Allen as Lewis, Dan O'Herlihy that you might remember as Connell Cochran from Halloween 3 as mm-hmm. the old man, uh, Ronnie Cox as Dick Jones, and Kurtwood Smith, better known as Red Foreman, as Clarence Boddicker. Uh I'll go right off the bat that every single time I watch this movie, like especially after I've watched all that 70s show, I'm really impressed with the job that Kurtwood Smith does in this movie. Yeah. He He's did. such a good villain. <laughs> I I definitely agree. So actually some real quick context. Um, I have never watched Robocop all the way through before this. Oh my gosh. So um, I, I realized that because I was watching some of this and I was like, whoa, um, but it was certainly not like a movie that my uh, dad probably would have watched. And yeah. so I just caught bits and pieces on TV, maybe part of a friend's house or something. But then I just never sat down and watched the whole thing. I can say that I watched this movie probably at a way young age, <laughs> <laughs> probably a little too young. Um, but you know, by I didn't have cable growing up, so anytime I watched a movie on TV, it was broadcast TV, so it was heavily edited. Yeah. So my dad probably didn't feel like it was too bad for me to watch, you know, because there wasn't swearing, and I'm sure the gore was super cut down. Yeah, well, that was the thing, too. I was watching this, and I was like, whoa, this is like, there's a lot more violence in this, I remember, and they are swearing a lot more than I remember, so I know I did not see this. It's like a Friday the 13th movie with the gore and violence. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a matchup I'd like to see is Jason versus Robocop. <laughs> Space um, Jason or regular Jason? <laughs> <laughs> regular Jason, maybe the undead one from part six. Okay. But uh, yeah, so we, I mean, we get it started off with, you know, we get to kind of see some of the crime going on in Detroit. And they're talking about, you know, the cops want to go on strike and everything. And then we meet this new cop that just came in, um, Alex Murphy, and he's he gets teamed up with um, Nancy Allen's character of Lewis, and you know they basically go on like their first night on the job. And <laughs> it's bad go, first and, night. <laughs> yeah, you ever have a bad first night? Well, Murphy had the worst. <laughs> Uh, basically they, they find Clarence Boddicker and like his goons and they follow them into like their hideout and it ends up with Murphy like getting ambushed after Lewis gets knocked out and you know they're toying around with him and they end up just like blowing him away with guns and it's like super gory like his hand gets blown off <laughs> but you see like a bunch of squibs going off on him it's, it's nuts uh we get some funny lines by Clarence Boddicker, but I'll get into that when we talk about favorite lines and stuff. <laughs> There's so many funny things that he says. Uh, and then, you know, from then on, they are talking about like this cop of the future thing, and it's this big robot, and they do like this presentation for it, and it goes wrong like this big robot that kind of looks like a an AT uh walker from Star Wars mm-hmm. <laughs> and it malfunctions like blow this blows this guy away. Uh it was the Ed 209 was with the name of the robot and the Ed 209 becomes like a running gag in the series. <laughs> <laughs> I could see Just that. because of how faulty and crappy it is. Uh, so like the old man who's in charge of OCP, the company that, um, deals with the police, he passes over like the reins to this other like hotshot guy. Um, 
a younger guy who's he's got like his own plan for taking parts of a deceased policeman and making a basically like a cyborg police officer so of course you know they use what's left of murphy (laughs) i'll say what's left uh and you know we got to see like a montage basically of them working out the kinks with him getting him all put together and some of it we see in first person from robocop and there's like hilarious 80s um computer overlay Mm -hmm. uh And, you know, it just goes from that to, like, RoboCop going on the job. And he just basically lays waste to, like, all these um, these criminals. And, and shoots him in the crotch. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he comes up with, like, an attempted sexual assault or rape. And he shoots between the woman's legs and, like, through her dress and into the, <laughs> into, like, the rapist crotch. And it's, like, so funny. It's a, I saw this thing one time online where it's like, whatever you do, don't ever forget that Robocop once shot a guy in the dick. Which <laughs> is hilarious. Uh, you know, we get to see some of his powers. Like, he's got an overpowered, like, gun that he uses. He's super strong. Uh, he's, you know, covered head to toe in armor. Except so, for his jaw. Yeah, except for his mouth. <laughs> and... Uh, he's got like crazy like targeting and he's got heat vision and all this kind of stuff so he's like the ultimate weapon the the future of law enforcement <laughs> because he's you know he's half man half machine all cop <laughs> which is one of the greatest uh, movie taglines ever uh, you know this comes down to him he starts you know, like the plot says he starts having these submerged memories. His mind was supposed to be like wiped clean, but he's got these memories coming back of who he was before. And it all comes down to his partner, Lewis, who, you know, was Murphy's partner. And she sees that he started to remember things. So she starts, um, you know, kind of dropping nurturing that and dropping hints and helping him remember who he is. And he starts to realize when he comes across this, this thug, one of um, Boddicker's thugs that he's seen him before and he runs a guy's face and then it's like known accomplices in the database and he sees Clarence Boddicker and like, memory starts coming back and he is a suspect in um officer murphy's murder dun 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 so he puts it all together realizes who he was and that he's dead and they brought him back as a cyborg so now he's after clarence Boddicker, and he goes and he gets him and he finds out you know Boddicker basically squeals and says that he's working for dick jones who's one of the higher ups at ocp that came out with the ed 209 so now RoboCop shows up to arrest Dick Jones, but when they programmed RoboCop, they put like a a glitch in there that he's not allowed to like Protocol Four. Yeah, Protocol Four, where he's not allowed to um, arrest like a commanding officer or like a higher up or something like that. Yeah, at the company. Yeah, at the company. So, you know, he has like a malfunction and that causes Dick Jones to like call security and the Ed 209 has like a face off with RoboCop and and it gets defeated by going down the stairs. Yeah, like Ed 209, <laughs> like the running gag is that he can't go down the stairs and he like malfunctions all the time. <laughs> so like he falls down the stairs and he's like just on its back like a turtle and can't move and that's how RoboCop gets away. Uh, the police show up and they're ordered to like just lay waste to RoboCop. So he ends up escaping because Lewis picks him up and takes off with him. They go to like a hideout and, you know, Robocop's like repairing himself, with, you know, like the help of Lewis and everything. Uh, 
and then now they have like a final standoff with uh, Clarence Boddicker. And, you know, it ends up with them laying waste to the entire gang, taking Boddicker out. And then um, Lewis and Robocop go back to OCP and um, you know, he plays back what Dick Jones said to basically like a confession. Robocop recorded it. He plays it for the old man. And, you know, Robocop explains, like, I can't arrest or lay hands on a commanding officer or an executive. So then the old man just, like, instantly fires Dick Jones and Robocop shoots him and he flies out of the building. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. And that's pretty much the end of the movie. Um, Man, this is a movie I've seen quite a bit. And even as a, as a younger age, anytime there was a RoboCop movie on, I got excited and had to watch it. <laughs> and it wasn't you know until I was older that I you know I had it on like VHS and watched it. And just like you, I didn't realize how violent it was because I watched it on TV every time. Uh, this is a movie like back in the nineties. It was on TV all the time. Like RoboCop was a huge deal. Oh yeah, well that was the thing that surprised me when I watched the whole thing. I was just like man, I saw parts of this on TV and this is how violent it was? Yeah, and like, you know, they got more family-friendly as they went on, where the third one's, like, definitely geared towards kids more. But, man, the third one's terrible. But, I mean, we're talking about the first one. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the super gory, there's a lot of, like, F-bombs in it and just, you know, talks of drugs and violence and you know there's like an attempted rape in it and stuff and it's it's definitely an adult movie and it's a very dark and um ill-tempered movie i guess uh yeah uh, very it's not like a like a flashy shiny bright movie everything's really dingy and rusty and I don't run down, but it's like, you know, that dystopian feeling. Yeah. Like Blade Runner um, and things kind of like that. Yeah. Not as futuristic as Blade Runner, but. Right. Um, but yeah, like some favorite quotes and stuff. The, the part where they start like blowing up Murphy and. You know, Kurtwood Smith as Boddicker has like his lines of talking about. He's like, you know, I got a problem with cops. He's like, cops don't like me, so I don't like cops. <laughs> like that just kind of cracks me up. And uh, he's got like a shotgun and he blows off Murphy's hand and he like looks around at his like his gang and he's like, <laughs> he's like, come on, give the guy a hand. <laughs> Like it's it's so ridiculous and oh my gosh like his job in this movie like he was so good as a villain and it just blows my mind that he was like basically he's I would say you know Dick Jones is the main villain mm-hmm. but I would say Clarence Boddicker is kind of like right there with him because you see him the most oh yeah and he does yeah, he does such a good job as a main villain in a, such a big movie. Like, why wasn't he given more roles as a bad guy? Yeah, I, I don't know. He he did a stellar job. And it really goes to show like how good of an actor he is because he's not a very big guy. He's just like an average dude. Like he's, you know, he's probably maybe like six foot tall, but he's not like muscular. You know, he's got a receding hairline and you know he saw that in that 70s show he was pretty much bald yeah but just like the but way he, was, he carries himself it like i don't know just the evil things he does makes him intimidating yeah. and scary just yeah it's i feel i always felt like you know even watching that 70s show and watching this and some of the other stuff that he was in that kirkwood smith is a very underrated actor yeah, I could agree with that. And he's got pretty good range too, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another line in this movie that cracks me up. That 
you know, when they're getting RoboCop set up and there's like this one black guy that wears glasses and he's like one of the scientists that helps like build RoboCop. Yeah. And he only has like a few lines here and there, nothing like too great. Uh, there's a part where like RoboCop gets turned on and he's ready to work and everybody's like congratulating him and it's like, all right, let's go. And like that guy pops in, he's like, go Robo. And he like smiles and looks around and like, I have to think that maybe that line was improvised. Okay. And like he thought that that was just amazing. <laughs> like the way, like go back and watch that. Like with now that I said that and, and watch it, see what you think, because he's like, go Robo. Like he says it really fast. And like, it's really just kind of just thrown in there. Cause he pops up out of nowhere, says it, and then looks around like almost like he's trying to see everybody else's reaction to it. He's like, God, that was so good. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, and there's other things too that always make me laugh where there's like a news reporter talking to Robocop surrounded by kids it's like Robocop do you have any um, words of wisdom for the the youth of Detroit and he just looks right at the camera he's like stay out of trouble <laughs> <laughs> which is funny and you know it's, it's kind of catchphrase that he really only says twice in this is dead or alive you're coming with me mm-hmm. is yeah that's a memorable one um i guess before i get into like scenes that i'll always remember uh is there any like funny quotes or things that stuck out to you uh you you hit the the main ones so i um I didn't have anything written down for specific quotes. I've got other stuff on different parts of the movie and everything. And I know we usually go through our regular breakdown of acting and things like that. So I'll let you uh, keep moving ahead into the <laughs> the next one. What's the next section you wanted to do? Uh, I was just going to talk about um, scenes that really stuck out to me, even like, as a kid that I like remember now and maybe like, you know, some stuff I saw now that I didn't really notice at first. Uh, the running gag of the weird sitcom. Oh gosh, with like this goofy-looking <laughs> guy that was like bald with glasses and like this big handlebar mustache. Who, you know, Caleb and I are both dads, so <laughs> you know, we I'm sure we watched our fair share of Sesame Street. Um, he looks like Mr. Noodle. From Elmo's world. <laughs> also, the actor who played like the clown former owner of Airbud. <laughs> Same guy. He looks a lot like that guy. But anyway, he's always surrounded like by scantily clad like bimbos. And like something stupid always happens, and like they make like some sexual pun and then he looks in the camera and he's like, I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> That's kind of the. That was something I didn't notice much as a kid, but when I watched it again in college after like a few years off from it, um, stood out to me and just made me laugh. Yeah, it's so random. Like, it's like I mean, it's, it's the only TV show on TV. <laughs> yeah, like it. It sticks out so much now, but it's just like, who thought of putting that in there? Right. I no, think you, that's. I think it goes down to Paul Verhoeven because he's got kind of a really like weird sense of humor. <laughs> um, I mean, he's like a Dutch immigrant, so you know, just coming from a different country, he's going to have a different sense of humor than you know what we might have here. True. But I guess he he's big into like doing fake commercials and fake TV shows, like within movies. Hmm. So that was something he threw into this. Um, another scene that always stuck out to me, like definitely as a kid, was when they're at the refinery at the end of it and Emil tries to get away and he crashes his van into that toxic waste <laughs> and he gets out of He's like melting. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Uh, was it Clarence Boddicker hits him with the car and he just like explodes into like a bunch of water? Yeah, it's like jello. <laughs> yeah, that just uh man, that stuck out to me a lot as a kid, and like that was terrifying to me as a kid. 
Oh yeah. And I, I remember when the Robocop movies would come on and I could never keep them straight, you know, cause I was like, you know, seven mm-hmm. and I could say to my dad, it's like, is this the one with the, the guy that gets like burnt by toxic waste? He's like, no, that's the first one. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's how I like kept up a fart. But yeah, that was always a big thing that stood out to be in the car commercial that they had for the the 6000 SUX or whatever it was was six miles to the gallon or something yeah it's that this is what i picked up as an adult and you know this the stop motion dinosaur and it was really cool (laughs) like i love stop motion stuff stop motion stuff so cool to me yeah i oh my gosh the the time and effort into that yeah that's what that's what always impresses me and that is definitely an art form mm-hmm. i th- i thought i had the ridiculous thought at one point of potentially doing some stuff like that in college oh, and I-, I love it it'd be fun but at the same time i can't imagine taking on a project like that right so um small rabbit trail here though um have you ever seen the old Jason and the Argonauts movie? Uh, some of it. I don't like know if I've motion. seen the whole thing, but I so know what you're talking about. The guy that did the stop motion for that was Ray Harryhausen. Yeah, Army of Darkness, right? Ray, no, he, Ray Harryhausen did um, Clash of the Titans, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like a lot of that kind of stuff. He did um, The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. Mm-hmm. Like, he's was like the master of stop motion. He he learned from Willis O'Brien who did uh King Kong. Rock. Um but yeah Harryhausen was like amazing at it and like all of his stuff always looked really good. And dude he worked by himself. I like he was the only one moving all like all those little armatures around. <laughs> insane dude. Yeah and like and Jason the Argonaut like they have like all those skeletons. Mm-hmm. And then, like the, you know, the three-headed Hydra or whatever it was, yeah. like he animated all that by himself. Like I can't even imagine. Yeah, oh man. But there's what a really was... good documentary about him. You should check out sometime. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that commercial stuck out to me, and and like also the huge gun that they have that the um, Clarence Boddicker gets. It's like an assault cannon, they call it. Yeah. That... It's like this huge gun. It just explodes everything. Yeah, and it doesn't even take... Uh, it doesn't even knock him over or anything. Yeah, it has like no kickback. <laughs> yeah. uh, real quick, uh, I know there's like a bunch of different numbers out there and like they have more accurate ones for specific movies, but it says roughly it would probably take about three years to make a one-hour stop-motion movie. I believe it. So yeah. that's like probably taking very few breaks. Hard pass. Yeah. Anyways, the gun. <laughs> yeah, that gun is awesome. Yeah, the handgun was pretty cool too. Yeah, Robocops that shoots like a three round burst or something. Yes, which real quick, okay, uh, talking about scenes, we have to go to that where they first show his gun and he's in the police shooting range. Yeah. How I I get it for the effect, but how absolutely um, against safety procedures was it that all the officers are shooting in their designated spots? Then instead of backing out of their booth and looking down, <laughs> they step forward into the yeah. shooting range to look and see who's shooting. Right. <laughs> I'm like, what? But it's just hilarious too that like everybody hears that gun and they're like, what is that? Everybody's like freezes. Yeah. And they look over. And that's kind of the scene too where um Lewis realizes that it's Murphy because you know, he, after he fires his rounds and they bring the target in, you know, he twirls the gun on his finger like Murphy did mm-hmm. and puts it into his like his into his leg, which is a holster. Which is yeah, which, pretty cool looking. Which shouldn't they have kind of tipped them off if it's like, hey, we didn't program him to do this. Why is he doing this? 
because it's cool and he's freaking robocop <laughs> well speaking of guns and scenes one thing that i do want to go back and touch on is when we talked about the uh the malfunction what was the robot's name the ed 209 yeah the ed 209 the original malfunction i thought it was amazingly accurate that uh, at the top of this skyscraper the ed 209 malfunctions and actually shoots the guy that he was supposed to be doing the simulation with Mm -hmm. and he like on the machine um robot unloads like i don't even know how many rounds of bullets and he only hits the guy. <laughs> like there's a whole wall of windows behind the dude. Yeah. But he goes full automatic on the guy and only hits the guy. And none of the bullets go through him to break the windows behind him. Right. I thought that was a little funny. The, the old man should have threw a silver shamrock mask on Ed 209 and took him out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll forever just just see Connell Cochran anytime I see Dan O'Hurley and something. Oh yeah. Or he could have thrown all those little uh shamrock coin <laughs> medallion things. things. Medallions yeah. on it and then it would have malfunctioned the machine. Uh, Tom laser- Atkins would have took him out. Lasers would have shot out and killed everyone. <laughs> <laughs> would snakes come out of a robot? I guess it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> snakes and bugs. Oh gosh. Oh, um, man, other scenes that really stick out to me, I guess, like the hookup that RoboCop has for a computer, it's like this long spike that comes out of his fist. Yeah. Like, what? (laughs) It was kind of like R2-D2 style, but extremely dangerous. Yeah, it's just literally just a long spike. It's like a nine inch long spike. Mm-hmm. And it's like you know he's going to use that for a weapon at some point. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, and I guess you know the special effects in this movie are pretty good for the time. Yeah, everything uh, flowed pretty well, except for the Ed Two Hundred Nine was the thing that stuck out the most. Which I mean, even then, it wasn't the worst because yeah, I, I mean, mean the Ed Two Hundred Nine was stop motion. Yeah, so it was what it was. But yeah, everything else, I mean, the movie was really cohesive. Yeah, I mean, it comes on to it even now. I would rather see good stop motion than bad CGI. Yeah. yeah, Because it makes it feel more real. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're always going to get like that herky-jerky look because, you know, with stop motion, there's no blur. It's just a bunch of still shots. Yeah. Um, well, uh, like as the movie overall, from an entertainment uh, standpoint and how well the movie flowed, as I said, I had never seen the whole thing through at one time. This movie holds up really well. It does. Like it just, I, I was waiting for the, you know, the infamous... 80s 90s you know dead spots mm-hmm. where it gets really slow and stuff like that. and honestly i was expecting more about him and his family to show up at some time yeah i got more of that in notes or like the trivia and facts <laughs> well i was i was glad they didn't because honestly like they touched on it enough to address it but not too much that it like slowed things down mm-hmm like the slowest point was um, probably them building him. But after that, there was uh, a bit of time where he was kind of like going around and doing his uh, policeman duties where mm-hmm. they did a lot of him driving. And so it was kind of a, a little repetitive. But even then it was, I mean, that's being nitpicky. Yeah. And this is a movie too, like, where the premise is ridiculous. Like you got this half man, half robot going around like fighting crime. Like you think it's just going to be something corny and stupid, but like the quality of the directing and the acting and the special effects all together make it like as good of a movie as it is. And it turns out to be freaking awesome. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, 
you know, even like as a kid, I watched it. I thought it was amazing. And then like, as an adult, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I bet you it's like just corny as crap. And I went back and like watched it for the first time in years. Like when I was in college, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that movie is, it's like actually a really good movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the sequels kind of got corny, especially the third one is just, Oh my gosh. Yeah, I posted the second one a, I haven't watched in a while, but I know it's not as it's not as good as this one. I posted something on Twitter about watching this, and then somebody was chatting with me, and they're just like, "Oh yeah, first one's great, second one's pretty good," and then they're just like, "I kind of wish I never watched the third one." Yeah, Peter Weller doesn't play RoboCop in the third one. What? Yeah, he was doing something else. I think he was doing a David Cronenberg movie or something. Well, but, I doubt he would have. I mean just changing the character or the actor wouldn't have made the movie yeah that much better but um you want to get into trivia and facts rock i got quite a bit because there's so many interesting things about this movie um yeah so buckle in there's gonna be quite a bit <sighs> three so hours late <laughs> it was discovered that when in the full robocop suit uh peter Weller did not fit properly into a police car because he's way too bulky um that's why most of the shots of robocop like and the car were like him exiting the car or preparing to get into it um so there was shots where there actually needed to be in the car he only wore the top part of the suit and like he just sat there in his underwear (laughs) so like however to maintain the illusion that robocop wears the entire suit while inside the car most of the shots show his robotic feet exiting the car first so that was handled like super well yeah that that was really good so the suit was like so hot and heavy that peter weller was losing three pounds a day from water loss whoa Um, eventually they put an air conditioner in it (laughs) to help him out (laughs) so the screenplay was offered to and rejected by virtually like every big director in hollywood before paul verhoeven got a hold of it and he actually threw it away after reading the first pages, convinced that it was just a dumb action movie. But his wife, Martine, she like took it out of the trash and like read it all the way through. And then she convinced Paul to like that the story was layered with many like satirical and allegorical elements. And then like Verhoeven actually went on to read the whole thing and then he really enjoyed it. That's good. Ah. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. So in Sacramento, California, a robbery suspect fled into a darkened movie theater to escape police. Uh, he was so engrossed in the movie of Robocop that he failed to notice that the police have evacuated all the other patrons from the theater. And when the lights flipped on, the man was like stunned. <laughs> <laughs> they took him into custody. So Robocop actually led to arresting a bad guy, (laughs) (laughs) which is great. So realizing the film that was running behind schedule and over budget, uh, Verhoeven and the producer, John Davison, uh, they purposely did not film one of the crucial scenes, which was Murphy's death. Uh, When the production wrapped up, they went back to L.A., and grimly informed the execs that Murphy's death was not filmed. Um, after watching the other footage that they did, the executives were like so astonished by the aesthetics and performances that they gave the filmmakers more money and they filmed a scene in a, in a warehouse in Los Angeles. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. And so and- they just went like way overboard with <laughs> yeah they're like like, oh one more scene i've heard some stories about paul verhoeven and like how he is as a person and he's just like over the top and just kind of a really interesting character (laughs) so it doesn't really surprise me that he would pull something like that it's like let's not shoot this and then tell them that we forgot so they'll give us more money (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so the hostage scene we talked about um, or I guess we kind of we didn't talk about this one. There's a hostage scene where a like a guy is holding the mayor hostage. Oh yeah, and Robocop uses his heat vision and like busts through the wall and takes the guy out. Uh, the heat vision effect was done by 
the actor um, was nude and painted in fluorescent body paint and then it had a black light going. Uh, Verhoeven used that because that technique was cheaper than getting an actual infrared uh, spectrometer camera. camera. Huh. So that's kind of a cool workaround there. So Interesting. Because of the hands of the Robocop suit were made from foam rubber, uh, the scene where the police chief throws the keys and Robocop like intercepts him in front of Lewis. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually bounced off Peter Weller's hand like every time he attempted <laughs> to catch him. And it took production like up to 50 takes to get it right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like at that point, it's like, why even bother? <laughs> so the special effects for this movie were generated with a Commodore Amiga computer. Wait, wait, what? Say that again? The special effects were generated yeah. with a Commodore Amiga computer. I've never heard of that before. It's a really old, archaic computer. <laughs> I would imagine. So, Kurtwood Smith originally auditioned for the role of Dick Jones. And when he first learned that he had been cast, he thought it was for that role that he had gotten. But it wasn't until later that he found out he was actually going to be playing Clarence Boddicker. Uh, later, he discovered the reason uh, that Dutch director Paul Verhoeven had grown up near the Holocaust. And he thought that when wearing glasses, that Kurtwood Smith resembled uh, Heinrich Himmler. Hmm. And then he, you know, he saw like the villainous part in Smith. He said that he agreed. Smith agreed with the idea stating that a bigger, more menacing villain would come across as someone who would merely be like outsmarted. But Smith's Boddicker, like his character seems smarter, you know, with the glasses and that made him even more of a threat. Hmm. So the Robocop suit was the most expensive item on set and the price range varies like for the producers but it's somewhere between 500000 and a million dollars for a suit. Dang. Yeah. So I don't know if you've like, seen the trailer. I know we always put the trailer before we talk about the movies, but for the theatrical trailer, or Orion Pictures used the music from the movie Terminator. What? Yeah, which is you know also a movie about a cyborg. But also, I know you love casting stuff. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was briefly considered for the role of Robocop. Oh, well, of course. But those involved with the film thought he'd be too bulky in the suit and it would make him look like the Michelin man. <laughs> so that kind of fell through. Um, also, with the background music, it was misleading to some people who believed that Robocop was actually a sequel to The Terminator, explaining <laughs> like humanity's dependence on technology and the rise of Skynet. That that is kind of funny. That's interesting. Yeah. So we talked about how violent and gory this movie is. The film was submitted to the MPAA twelve times before it actually got an R rating. <laughs> Gosh. Because they were going to give it an X rating. What and what else did they do? Right. Oh, there's an extended scene of Murphy's death where you see this like brains get blown out and stuff. <laughs> I've seen it. I had like the special edition DVD. Uh, so the steel mill scenes at the end of the movie became the more boring part of the shoot. And Ray Wise and Kurtwood Smith, along with the rest of the cast, would regularly like steal golf carts that belonged to the, the crew, and they'd race them around the the steel mill, <laughs> and then the, the, which ended up pissing the crew off. Um, but yeah, it's kind of funny. Oh, I didn't mention either Ray Wise. Did you recognize him? Oh yeah. Yeah, the the neighbor from Fresh Off the Boat. <laughs> uh, fresh Off the Boat, and then he was in. Uh, was it? No, not How I Met Your Mother. Man, he was in another show, but a smaller role, I think. Yeah, he was in How I Met Your Mother. He was um, Robin's dad. Oh yeah, there we go. That's what it was. Because uh, uh, for a second there, I was thinking it was. Um, uh, it was another one, but yeah, so he was in there. Because at first I thought I was thinking he was in How I Met Your Mother because of the captain, but I knew he wasn't the captain. Yeah, yeah. it was Robin's dad. 
So, Kurtwood Smith's wife, Joan, has a small role as Dick Jones' sec- secretary, Barbara. Oh, that's Kurtwood funny. Smith flirts with before he goes in the meeting with Dick Jones. That's funny. Yeah. So, while the movie is set in Detroit, uh, 22 locations in and around Dallas were used for filming. The only actual footage showing Detroit is the opening with all the stock footage. Go figure. Can't even film in Detroit. Jeez. <laughs> so for a while, Michael Ironside was attached to the role of RoboCop. Um, but they actually gave up on the idea when they realized that um, he would have to be much smaller. Like the fit in set suit. Hmm. And not look ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> So before Peter Weller was casted, um, Rutger Hauer was another actor that was in line to play RoboCop. Um, it was decided that he was also too large to fit the costume. Uh, Weller won the role because he's like thin and he was only 5'10". Oh. And they, they liked the expressiveness of his like the lower part of his face. Yeah, that was a good move on their part. It was, I don't know, it just fit, you know? Yeah. So the police cars that were used were modified Ford Tauruses. Um, and they're one of the main ca- competitors of the Taurus at the time was the Pontiac 6000. Uh, the cars the villain uses the 6000 SUX, a.k.a. the 6000 Sucks. And that was a not-so-subtle jab at the Pontiac 6000. Uh, Ford did manufacture Tauruses as police vehicles between 89 and 95. Um, the 89 to 91 models had a modified front grille with eight openings, which was not available in the civilian models, including the Taurus show. So the 2013 model here officially reintroduces the Taurus, um, sold to law enforcement. And, you know, just a bunch of facts about cop cars. And, like, it got replaced with the Crown Vic. <laughs> but yeah so the 6000 sucks <laughs> I guess I never picked up on that watching this before with SUX I never like, put it together in my head mm-hmm. so there was plans for a Terminator versus Robocop film uh, they were on and off in the works like since 1990 although the movie like it hasn't been made, uh, but there was a crossover in several video games and comic books, uh, making the project one of the most anticipated crossovers of all time, which would be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that would. I'm trying to think of all the different references I've seen um, with RoboCop. Man, I thought I just. Mortal Kombat just did some stuff with uh, crossing over. Yeah, they put RoboCop in one did of they the put, games. Did they put him in one of the games? I know they did. Yeah, I they, did. they did. They did Rambo. I know that and some yeah. stuff. I think Mortal Kombat 11, the newest one, okay. has RoboCop in it. So this movie was actually nominated for three Oscars, uh, including Best Sound, Best Sound Editing, and Best Film Editing. I don't know how it didn't get nominated for effects. Mm-hmm. Or like uh, costume design. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it actually it won for uh, best sound editing. So this movie was kind of like a surprise hit. Uh, it cost $13 million and it made $53 million in the box office. Rock. Yeah. Uh, this is in the trivia, but the last time I saw RoboCop, not the movie, but the, the character himself, was in a KFC commercial. Do you remember that? Where he played the colonel? Uh, <laughs> it was actually Peter Weller as RoboCop. Oh, really? Yeah. You have to look that up on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, you know, they put the, the, the white suit on top of the RoboCop suit <laughs> with the Bolero tie and everything. 
<laughs> it was pretty great. I'll have to look that up. So that is finally the end of trivia. Dun, dun, so dun. let's get into the grades. Uh, I pulled I, you, IMDb. Hold on, real, I was really hoping. <laughs> I was really hoping, and I looked up, looked it up to see if I could find it, but I couldn't. I was really hoping you had how many times Murphy was shot when he was killed. Oh my gosh! I never. I probably could have counted it. Yeah, I th- yeah, I thought I didn't about see that trying. anywhere. I did see one thing that they said the F word is used 35 times in this movie. Oh, there you go. But still didn't feel like as much as Rob Zombie's Halloween. Mm. But yeah, grades? Question mark? Rock? Yeah. <laughs> IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think those are? Uh, IMDb. Let's go with uh, 7.9. 7.6. Ooh. Pretty close. All right. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes critic. Let's go with this. Let's go with an 80%. It's a 90. Whoa. Yeah. Dang. Uh, then let's go to the fan or the audience. Man, can it be higher than that? Uh, 93%? The 84 uh went down a little bit who's who's doing a score of robocop and doesn't enjoy it (laughs) that's what what i'm wondering you know if like you're gonna go out and watch a movie called robocop how are you not gonna enjoy it (laughs) (laughs) right i guess i don't understand that come on Um, you know you know what's coming people yeah so i guess i'll give my grade first uh, so I mentioned like I watched this at a pretty young age and I thought RoboCop was so cool um, he actually they actually had like RoboCop cartoons and stuff back in the day hmm. uh, I don't think I ever watched them but I remember them existing and I remember there being like RoboCop toys and it being a big deal even in the early 90s and I remember getting exciting, any, excited anytime a RoboCop movie was on uh, it got to the point, like, anytime it was on, I wanted to watch it. And, like, my dad would just be like, oh, okay, let's watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I just, it was there at the right time, I guess, on TV. Like, I caught it at the right, I don't know, maybe not the right age, but, like, an edited version, certainly. Uh, but definitely the unedited one, I probably wouldn't have been able to watch as a kid. <laughs> yeah. With, like, all the swearing and and violence and stuff. Uh, but it's one of the few movies that I enjoyed a lot as a kid, went back as an adult and watched it and enjoyed it even more. Um, and it's just, RoboCop is probably one of the most recognizable movie characters. Like, is there anybody that's going to like see RoboCop and not know who he is? Uh, the only thing I could think of is like people who have no experience with action movies, maybe crossing over the thought between RoboCop and Terminator. Yeah. And funny thing when like my, my wife and I first started dating, like I wanted to watch this movie and she watched it with me, <laughs> which is like way far from anything she would ever want to watch. And uh, while she didn't like, in, like super enjoy it, she said it wasn't as it wasn't that bad she thought it was decent but i think now it's just kind of funny to watch too because you know after watching it so much as a kid and then having a long break probably from like preteen to college of watching it and in that time i watched a lot of that 70s show and seeing Kurtwood Smith as Red Foreman. It was like the first time I watched it after that. I'm like, oh my gosh, Red Foreman is the bad guy. <laughs> and then it just you know, made me appreciate it even more because it just blew my mind at how good of a villain he was. Yeah. And I think that's somewhat missing in the second Robocop movie. But I know the second Robocop movie has its charms too, but it's definitely not as good as the first one. Um, I mean, you guys listen to me like swoon over this movie for probably over an hour now, so it is no surprise that 
I'm giving it a five out of five. Rock. Um, yeah, it's probably top ten favorite movie for me. Uh, I definitely don't watch it as much as I used to as a kid, but every time I watch it, I I do like you know end the movie with like a smile on my face and I enjoy it. I'm like, man, I forget how much I enjoy RoboCop. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm not surprised to hear that. So, so yeah, what about you? Rock. Well, I um, was, as I mentioned, you know, I hadn't seen every... So there was, there was a decent amount of this movie that I had not seen before since I didn't put everything together. So watching it through all together, I was uh, surprised and impressed. Like, I... Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to enjoy it, but I did not know it was going to be as good as it was. Um, as I said, uh, the one of the biggest things for me with movies is, you know, I guess you might call it dead space. The part of the movie where you could lose your audience. And this movie really didn't have it. I mean, yeah. especially uh, if I imagine if I was, you know, when this movie came out, if I was old enough to be watching it, I cannot imagine how enamored I would have been by this movie. Yeah. So to be able to be saying the same thing here now, all these years later, I mean, job well done, really well put together. Um, And honestly, like a lot of times I'll look at um, things and kind of be like, oh, you know, they could do this better and maybe a little bit of this, but very few nitpicky things come to mind with this movie where I'm just like, yeah, you could try to polish it up, but honestly it is just, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. Yeah. You know? And I mean, you know, like you said, the, the stop motion is, you know, some of the, the less good looking stuff in the movie, but at the same time, stop motion has that charm. Yeah. Where it's it's just nice to see. <laughs> yeah, no, it um it, that was the thing. Like it it felt a little bit weird, but it wasn't. I wouldn't call it bad or anything. So, um, yeah, I I was kind of coming in with a uh, I I didn't have it set in my mind, but I kind of had a preconceived idea that I was going to be like four four and a half, but man with how well this was and you know when it was done i was just it was a thorough enjoyment uh a movie going experience kind of i guess you might say i I gotta give it five out of five too i mean not uh I, i have i don't have the nostalgia with it like you do and all the different times i've watched it it's just a really solid movie and they did a good job with it and i'm sure i'll be watching again at some point so yeah and they actually went through and making a robocop statue for detroit yeah did you know that did that get done um it did but i don't think they have a location to put it in front of Um, last time i heard um there was something like due to like the pandemic it was supposed to be in front of the michigan science center which i mean makes sense and like the statue is massive (laughs) it's like eight foot tall uh and i think like something like they couldn't afford to put it there or something like that because of the pandemic. I don't remember, but uh, to, the, hold on here in February of this year, February, yeah. 2021 loses home because of pandemic. Yeah. And they're so trying they're to trying, like find a new place for it to go. Yeah. Be that's kind of odd because of the pandemic I'll have to read up on this, but yeah, so it is, it is looking for a new home. They should put it outside the uh, Lions Stadium. <laughs> yeah, they should. <laughs> Just put it down there, you know, with um, all the stadiums because they're all in the same area now. Yeah. That'd be cool. What, once they do find a place for it, I'd like to go check it out. Okay, you, you want to hear my, um, my million-dollar idea? Mm. And honestly, I feel like Detroit would be a perfect place for it. If I, if I was a, a man of money, a man of means... I would build a 
um, gardens, like, you know, that you pay access to. Mm -hmm. And instead of having it filled with classical sculptures, I would do movie and video game sculptures. (laughs) That would be awesome. I know, right? Like, how awesome would that be? Like, you could go and there's a statue of Master Chief. There's a statue of Robocop. There's Terminator. There's, you know, Star Wars. There's, like, and, it, and it'd be, like, a, a classic, you know, garden. But the statues in it would all be, like, modern and movie and video game based. <laughs> That'd be awesome. The only thing I could think of would be a drawback on that would be... Um paying for licensing yeah how are we not funding this (laughs) yeah i'm sure that would be kind of there would be some catch to that and everything it's called the pop culture garden yeah (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure there could be some amazing names for that yeah so rock it's it's kind of funny that next week we have planned to watch the Terminator, which is the were... prequel to this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were planning on making a crossover with it, which is hilarious. Um, you know, the Terminator is another one of those iconic movies from around the same era. That you know, you see the Terminator robot, and you instantly recognize what that is too. Yeah. So yeah, it just kind of fits perfectly. Um, to have that next. Is this so, an action? Are we doing action month or are we doing robot month? <laughs> <laughs> right. Cyborg month. Uh, yeah, but that will um, continue on, well, I guess. Or is it just cyborg and cool helmet? Because we have Judge Dredd after that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Maybe Judge Dredd was a cyborg, part cyborg. You have a three-way fight between the Terminator, Robocop, and Judge Dredd. <laughs> Man, we could have thrown Blade Runner in there. Yeah. Voice Predator. <laughs> so many possibilities. But yeah, so come back next week. We'll be talking about the Terminator. And until then, as always, be kind and rewind. <laughs>